Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents, episode number 55. I'm your host, Petey Steele. And I'm your co-host, Elena Torres. And we have not one, but two amazing guests today. Let them know who you are. I'm Joel Kim Booster. <laughs> I am Frankie French. Bang. Hey, and Joel has been headlining here at the DC Draft House all weekend. And Frankie has been featuring here at the Draft House all weekend. And how have the shows been going, guys? Really great. Like, this has been one of my... I've been on the road consistently for the last, like, 11 weeks, and this has been definitely one of my favorite uh, stops, for sure. Um, yeah, it's been really, really great. We it's like to hear that. literally murdering, the, like, literally yeah, yeah. murdering. Yeah, that always helps. Yeah, that yeah. That always yeah. helps to make the killing week it, feel a little bit Killing better. it. That's awesome. It. I just watched the last show. It was fantastic. And you said you've been on tour for a while. You said 11 weeks. I've been gone every weekend um, since mid March, um, and then like a couple of those weekends were like personal things where I was like I went to a wedding or something like that. Uh-huh. But for the most part, been gone. Yeah. Wow. And how's that? How's that been being on the road so often? Like, are ho- are you most comfortable in hotel rooms at yeah, this point? I, lo- I mean, I love a hotel room. I um, same as it's just it's the lap of luxury. I am also one of those people though who refuses to let the the house uh, the house clean keeping in um until i like i i put the do not disturb sign on really and then if i i'm horrified if i ever forget because i also i clean the room before i let housekeeping in. oh so you're I, just a really organized person no, in no, general no, no. i literally it takes me five hours to destroy a hotel room and i'm <laughs> okay. so humiliated by my own mess that i put the do not disturb because i can't imagine someone a stranger right. seeing what seeing you do it. yeah. right. it's very considerate of you like their cleaning doesn't include like grouting and shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. Yeah, I'm me like, too. I don't work here. But yeah. I also put the do not disturb sign. So they get the worst mess at the end of my stay. I'm just yeah. like, I'm so sorry. Sorry, I left a tip. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm on that <laughs> level where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go get a meal. So right before I leave for the meal, I call down and I'm like, come clean. Because I don't want to come back into the room and see my own mess. Because that, to me, is the most depressing. Like, when you're staying at a hotel and you come back and you're like, oh. Most of my mess is, like, truly, like, I unpack and just, like, clothes on the floor and, like, all of my, the contents of my backpack spilled. And the thing is, is they can't, they're really instructed not to touch your shit. So they clean, they have, they're forced to clean around. So it's this weird thing where you walk in and it's, like, the bed is made, but all of your clothes are still, like, strewn about. It's just such a bizarre, yeah. If you leave them on the bed, they'll do, like, the quilt hammock thing to move them over to the fucking carpet, dump them, and then just make the bed nice and clean. But still, the bed made, it makes you feel better about your mess. See, Even I'm, though I'm you're not a bed maker. I've oh, never, no? I'm no, not one either. of those people who makes my bed before. That's why I, leave. I wasn't in the Navy. <laughs> For one reason. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason. Other than that, you've got Navy written all over you, Peter. <laughs> no, that's the thing. All these admirals that give like self help speeches now, they're like, make sure you make your bed oh, that God. way, no matter yeah. how fucking shitty your day was, you know. You can fucking come home and you get some nice bed to look for. I to. hear that a lot. Actually. You know, intelligent people yeah. don't have time to clean. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's right. <laughs> Intel- seriously, intelligent, creative people tend to be significantly more messy than idiots. Is I that mean, true? Yeah. yeah. There that's are a real some studies thing. about that. Yeah. That makes me feel real. I'm going to tell my husband that, that makes later. Me feel okay. Although, uh, the thing is, is I, like, I can't get shit done in my own home <laughs> if it's dirty. I, like, really will put off everything until my yeah, house is Yeah, I, I need to make my bed every, or, I'll, or else, like, when I get but back I into it, it, I'm get, like, Ooh. I will let it get to a, a state of such disarray over the course of two weeks. So it is yeah. like a sort of split. Well, that's yeah. what your partner's for, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm yeah, having, <laughs> I make my fucking maid earn it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, you're paying her for a reason. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, like my mate is my husband. Is that bad? I don't no, know. You're lucky. My husband helps a lot. It's called feminism. <laughs> yeah. No, it's called I'm never gonna do it. So someone's gotta. That's yeah. literally what it's called. That see you you probably hang in there longer than I do. Like I'll stay messy, but he gets so annoyed. Like after a while I'm like, okay, fine. Well, I'll no, help see, clean up a, a little neat bit. Freak. My husband's a neat freak. So he can she just can't stand it. He can't it. take it. Oh, that's so I, nice. and I know that and I take full advantage of it. That's I'm, nice. I'm never gonna pick a thing up. And yeah. he'll, I come home and literally my bedroom is immaculate. You can eat off the floor. And as I walk oh. in, jacket off, shirt off, pants off, drawers, bra, as is a trail. And then I just climb into bed. I'm like, babe, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm so glad you like it, you fucking whore. <laughs> wow. Isn't marriage the greatest? <laughs> it's amazing. Really selling it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the best. Is whore one of Josh's pet names for you, Elena? <laughs> yeah, that and I, t- I teach him I teach him the Spanish version too. So puta is really puta. big in my puta. house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of the words that he got really quickly. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. The rest of the Spanish he's being slow on, but that he's uh, he's in. Yeah, no, I learned that word in fourth grade. We had a couple Salvadorians <laughs> that came to my school, and they went through the hall screaming it at the top of their lungs, thinking no one would hear it or anything. But then there was one teacher that thought she was woke, and she's like, oh, my God, you know, I got to stop them. If she hadn't kirked out, I never would have known it meant anything. Well, there I is. it just been the kids screaming. There is some wokeness around. because Like, I didn't even know what an English whore was then yet. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Thanks to that teacher. <laughs> <laughs> this is why immigration. It is like super plus. Yeah, know? exactly. Now, at now children all over America will know what puta means. What, <laughs> yeah. right. what kind it's of Spanish speaker are you? Uh, it's confusing, isn't it? Yeah. You look at me, you're like, uh, I grew up in Mexico my whole life, but uh, my dad's Spanish and my mom's American. Okay, okay. But I feel more Mexican than anything. Well, no, I was just going to ask because I went to a Venezuelan rest, like restaurant today and mm-hmm. they were playing a soccer game and it was the most immersive experience I've ever had. Oh, that, that would be it. Have you ever gone to that? Em- not empanada. Lucky Bar? Uh, next to Julia's no, empanada. It's like r- in right DuPont, there's one? It's not an empanada place. I, that's the wrong thing. It's what's... It's the Lucky Bar. They play the soccer games, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's Lucky one. Bar. Yeah, yeah. There's one. Is that the, the one in DuPont? It's on Constitution, there's, right? Like no. right up from it's on Connecticut. This was, or Connecticut. This was that's right around the corner from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Connecticut over by DuPont. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is wrong, but I'm going to trust yeah. you. I have three people screaming at me that, <laughs> that it's right. A few. But I, There's a few. There's also one. Um, but it's not empanadas. That was the wrong thing. It's, it's um, oh, fuck. Pupusas? What's, no. no. This is a very electrifying Tacos? conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like enchilada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, in any case, I was hoping you were Venezuelan because every blonde Spanish speaker I know is Venezuelan. Really? Um, most are Argentinian. Yeah. Or that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But most people think I'm Argentinian when they see me. But as soon as I start talking like <laughs> in Spanish, people are people are like, oh, it's she's the Mexican. One that I wish I could. I'm trying to learn really hard. But it feels like the most obnoxious thing to do to like practice with people in L.A., especially where there are a lot of Spanish speakers. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always like, it's, it's always, a, it's either w- they're very happy and like excited that like someone's trying to learn yeah. and they're like down to like really like struggle through a conversation in the Uber with me mm-hmm. or they're like, no, like, I don't. This is fucking like annoying. Well, do this on your own time. Or, I get it. I get it. I absolutely yeah, right. get it. But. Or sometimes, cause like sometimes I'll get like, especially what happened to me a lot. And I like get in an Uber and an Uber driver is like obviously Mexican. So I start speaking to him in Spanish and he speaks to me in English anyway. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yep. 
I'm really good at this. Right. Like you this get is, yeah. that, like that, like you don't have to, but he so badly wants to practice his English that I'm like, whatever, dude, if you need. So I feel like that's a lot of it too, but that's, that's the part that's that like fair. really gets you past and learning. Like my husband is super scared to speak it. He understands mm-hmm. so much now. I can read it pretty well. Actually, yeah. And, and like, speaking is scary, but that's like what takes you to the other uh-huh. side of learning ever, any language. I oh think. yeah. My no daughter's first right? language practice. is Spanish. Oh really? I didn't know yeah, that. Her, 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 um, Nanny, when she was born, is Colombian. Oh, and she okay. only spoke Spanish. She didn't really speak any English. Mm-hmm. So Bella only spoke Spanish. I would have to call her and put Bella on the phone and be like, okay, what does she want? Oh I don't God. know <laughs> wow. what she wants. I love that. <laughs> I'm a monster. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's she... the thing that they, we, we do wrong in this country is that we don't introduce languages yep. until they're in like middle school, maybe it's mostly true. in high school or college. Yeah. And it's like in other every other country, they start them so young. And it's like, it's why every other country, there are so many Keeps more bilingual ass. kids. Yeah. Because they right. just like, you learn another language before English makes too much sense to you that yep. it's so hard to, right. that's the, that's the, that's my struggle is that I know English so well that like nothing else yeah and it feels you feel so much more insecure when you speak something else like people will be like wow that's so amazing that you speak two languages perfectly and it's like I can't take credit I didn't work at it right (laughs) I just grew up like I just learned Spanish in high school or anything like that or college just to get well I went to I went to high school in Mexico so I half my classes were in English and half my classes were in Spanish so I grew up like really doing both my whole life that's right that's right Somebody's listening. Yeah, what hey. Somebody's absorbing. I know yeah, a exactly. Amanda listens. What do you know? <laughs> How long have you been in LA, Joel? A uh, year and a half now. Shut your face. Oh, wow. Where, where were you before? New York. For oh, okay. About okay, five okay, and a half okay, years. Okay, okay. Where are you from originally? Uh, right outside Chicago, a suburb. Okay. Yeah, Is I that where you did the Wikipedia research? So <laughs> wow, I have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, That's shocking. You, you that? do. I actually that also looked shocking. at it. So Plainfield, Illinois, that actually is where two of my close friends from college. No I went to Wisconsin. I was a Badger, and <laughs> two of them that lived a couple floors above me were from there, and they told me all their antiquated ideas about you know. <laughs> Stupid shit, and I definitely helped the blacks acculturate them. And stuff. well, the 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 sort of <laughs> myth of Plainfield is that it was founded by the KKK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they told me all about that. That's yeah. horrifying. And wow. then the other fun fact about Plainfield is um, Melissa McCarthy and I went to the same high school. You better shut really? your face. And I love her, Jenny McCarthy. Oh, <gasps> wow, they're cousins. They're cousins. Yeah, they're yeah. first cousins. Not are some, they really? Yeah. Jenny Melissa McCarthy and Melissa McCarthy are <laughs> first cousins. I, I had no idea. Yeah. When she was coming up in the industry, Jenny wouldn't help her. Yeah, Jenny was. She, yeah, when she at the popped, beginning, Jenny yeah. was like. Yeah, uh, she was the shit. Had more she clout. Was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and when she popped, Jenny started trying to yeah. sniff around, and she's like, "Oh no, bitch, you are trying it right now." Oh, yeah, I love yeah. that karma. Yeah. I know it's beautiful yeah. karma. Yeah, is she like an anti-vaxer now? Yeah, well, she Jenny. started it. Yeah. She was. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to give her too much credit, but like, she really was at the forefront of that movement. Right. Yeah. Jenny McCarthy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because her, because her son has autism, right? Or autism. Yeah. I'll okay. still pay for a Lezzy film with her and Jessica Biel, though. Oh my God! Views aside, you know what I mean. Just to be as progressive as I can on this LGBTQIA uh-huh. edition of Countercurrency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so on that note, just so we're clear, I am bisexual for people that don't know. Because I, I was on your podcast before, and I don't think that we've mentioned that. No, no you didn't mention yeah. that. Well, I'm just recently, like, openly being, I've been never been closeted, but 
I've never really talked about it publicly, I guess. Uh-huh. I'm just saying it never on stage. Because I don't care. Yeah. Like, and it's not Pride Month, it's just what a perfect like, time. Oh, right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, yeah. it's not a thing I feel like, I mean, yeah, it defines me in a sense, but I don't think it's a thing I need to say to people, right? Like, no. okay, by the way, no. I also eat pussy. Like, no yeah. one needs to, <laughs> <laughs> no, no one needs to, not anymore. Right. It doesn't even seem like, like, when you got, like, an ovation for saying so, I was kind of like, really? I mean, not that that's not cool, but I was like, I mean, that's a never, wow. Joel can attest, the last two shows, people were just like, eh, mildly think, yeah, you got like You got, like, a smat, a smat. Like yeah. a right, like a very and so tonight I was like, oh, okay. You got like yeah, a standing like offer. Enthusiastic, tonight, yeah, which was cool. But huh. you do need to come, like my daughter is gay. Okay, um, she came out at ten, and she just recently last day of school, she's like, mommy, I'm gonna tell my crush that I have a crush, and this Ooh. dirty bitch called my daughter a freak. Instead <gasps> of, uh, yeah, very hurtful. Called her a freak and said, I don't want to be friends with you. And it's like, yeah, and it's now telling everyone. So, and I said, I said, I cannot believe this is happening in 2019. I can't believe this. I mean, it does. You hear about it. You hear about it all the time. My brain doesn't register it. I don't understand. I did not grow up that way. My uncles were gay. Everyone Mm -hmm. in my family was gay in some kind of way. And I Mm -hmm. never knew until I became an adult that people had a problem with it. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's the thing you learn with these flyover states and stuff. How many people that shit is just like anathema. You know what, what is I mean? your experience? Yeah, so I was about like to ask, what's Plainfield? In? Um, I mean, it wasn't it, most of my like any bullying that happened for me, like a re being gay was like before I was even out mostly like when I was in the church. That was, like, where a lot of it, like, even before mm-hmm. I was out, like, I got teased for being gay or seeming gay, and that was, like, a big thing. I got called a faggot a lot, mm. like, pre-being out. And then it Were was your parents really school. religious? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very oh, religious. Wow. What sect um, or denomination? Uh, Southern Baptist. Oh, wow. Um, and, um, Are your parents black? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then I came out in high school, in public school. It honestly was, like, very much not, like, a huge issue. Like mm. I, and I was by by that point too. Like I was funny, and I was like, you know, fairly charismatic, mm-hmm. and like so I was able to like get by. Um, it's you know I've had a lot of like, ish. Like I've had a, a handful of things happen as an adult. Like I got, I've only had, I've only gotten beaten up once for oh. it, um, wow. and which I honestly like consider myself lucky because there are oh, parts of this country yeah. where it's really not where it's much more prevalent and um and it's weird like some of the most some of the scariest times like when i've been followed or screamed at uh, were in new york which is you know you considered really sort of, like the the bastion really? of like uh yeah where we all go you yeah know? of course um, <clears throat> it's a big city though There's yeah a no lot exactly of parts, exactly different yeah. attitudes and all of that well i was reading this book um, recently called Everybody Lies and it's basically about big data that they oh, found yeah, through people's that. Google searches and the truth that people found in Google searches and basically they figured out that people think that a lot of racism and homophobia happens more in the south versus the north and truthfully it's more like from east to west yeah, like there's much sense. less of that in the west coast really? and the east coast all the way up and down no, has much more 
Do, what do you? Why do you think that is? Because I would think it would be the inverse, and I. Oh, Italians, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, that's pretty fantastic. And I talk about it on stage, but my my mom's side of the family is from the south, and and I, you know, I have a, a a joke famously that is like, you know, that people say the south is the most racist part of our country, but the Midwest is just as racist as the south. It just has none of the personality. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I found that to be true. Like we would go down there all the time, and like honestly, like I don't, I've never noticed like a stark difference between fucking Tallahassee or Birmingham mm. than I did in Chicago. And it's just, so it manifests differently. It definitely manifests differently. I think there's a lot more benevolent racism that you'll see, like, especially in, in like, quote-unquote progressive cities, but it's just, like, I, I think that's almost more nefarious because it's, like, it's masked as, you know, liberalism or right, progressivism. Right. And, totally. and, that it's, and it's harder to root out. Um, but, yeah, I actually find the West Coast to be um, I mean, it's not without its faults, but I right. love California. I right. really, really do. Me Between too. San Francisco and L.A. and, like, all these other places, I love being in California. Yeah. yeah it's great. All that vitamin D, no one is fucking yeah. dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. love, love, love California or they hate, hate, hate it. That's so true. And I, th I think because there's so much strong energy in California, like, the energy there is palpable. Mm -hmm. And I think that if your energy doesn't align with it, you hate it, but if you're like an open human, you love it. I feel yeah. like eventually everybody loves it. I feel like in the beginning, no. maybe people are, but eventually mm -hmm. everybody. No, there are people likes that it. actively physically hate California. I guess like Jerry Seinfeld's one of those people. He's always <laughs> he's always talking shit in every really? interview about. Yeah, he always talks shit on huh. California. What's in every interview? He says people aren't funny well, in California. Has, he's a child bride. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But how, how in comedy, yeah, Joel. That's what I was about to ask. There you go. Great uh, minds, great uh, minds. I was hosting. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've uh, just passed nine years, I guess, yes. or coming up on nine years wow. of doing it. Um, since like my first set, I guess. Did you start doing it in Chicago? Mm -hmm, yeah, I did it um, very casually as a lark. Um, and um, you know that first year, I probably did like I, I probably went up like less than twelve times. Oh but, wow. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, and then it just slowly, slowly, slowly started to become a bigger part of my creative life in Chicago and mm -hmm. more fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I moved to New York three years in, um, wow. two and a half years maybe. Um, and just like dove in and just started, I moved to New York partially because it was like a, hit, a hitting a reset button for me. And I was like, right. I don't know anybody in this city. I have no friends. All I can do is do stand up here. And so mm -hmm. I was working um, a terrible day job, 55 hours a week, and then Ugh. doing like two to three open mics every night. Wow. And that was, and that was my life for the first year. And I was miserable, but it worked. <laughs> so. Did you, did you find, cause I've a lot of people I hear moved to New York and it's yeah. a lot of these, you know, people try to do like, 20 30 mics a week yeah. or something because there's so many different mics you can do uh -huh. that are just in front of other comics but how did you f how did you sort of break that mold what do you in mean that scene like go from doing those mics to like getting on better shows i mean it's a slow up? it's a slow thing because it is like you know you are performing a lot for other comics but most of the stage time in new york is like self-produced like other comics mm -hmm. producing their shows and so mm -hmm. it's a slow like sort of roll like you know um snowball effect of like okay like somebody sees you eight times because it that's the i mean that's the frustrating thing about stand-up is that like it's such a roll of the dice of like not only do you have to do well consistently but you have to do well consistently enough that the same per that one person is going to see you in the room at the same time because you know like right. when you're new nobody's staying in the room 
they're going to the bar right, while right, you're on stage, right. you know? And so you really, it is like not one set is ever going to break you, you right, know? It's, so it's, it's, you have to be good all the time. Yeah. And you have to kill all the time yeah, to do well. And that comedy. is the, the scary thing. And so I, I just, it started to happen where I would get noticed a little by little. I mean, it took time. I mean, it took a full year before I was mm-hmm. like sort of cutting down on all of that, but right. it's, I mean, New York is the best place in the world to do stand up. I am convinced of that. I think it's the most amazing boot camp. It's what may I like, I was okay at stand up in Chicago, but I got good at stand up in New York. Um, mm-hmm. And I still, whenever I go back, I leave New York with like a, a tight five every single time in just wow. like a week. Cause mm-hmm. I'm able to like do more. I'm able to, I feel more like um, looser. I feel more experimental. And like I just, yeah, it's because that's how I write too. I write on stage. I don't do a lot of like sitting down with a notebook and writing out a joke and then trying it on stage. Most of the time I write out like, I have like a loose idea of a premise and Mm. then I work it out with an audience. And so stage time is like especially integral to my process, which has made touring a little bit like it's slowed down a little bit. I try to leave every weekend with one new bit. Um, and that is about as best. I mean, that's I pretty. I mean, that's pretty good to leave yeah. every week. Every week to have a new yeah. worked out bit. That's a lot. <clears throat> Bullshit! I heard all of his tweets tonight and stuff at the earlier show. Mm-hmm. I looked at the timeline on the Twitter and I was like, oh yeah, that's a joke I just read that he wrote yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, no, you're like a machine. That's awesome. And then what prompted the move to L.A.? Did you start getting acting work? Um, Well, I've been been doing the, like, bi-coastal thing and going back and forth for a while for different jobs. Like, I would get a job that would last for, like, you know, six to eight weeks, and I'd be Mm -hmm. out there, and then I'd go back to New York, and then I'd wait around to, again, get another job in L.A., and it just sort of became, like, well, I guess this is where the jobs are. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I was just, like, you know, it was December, and I was by a pool, and I was, like, I think I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm ready. Because ultimately, I, I think, like... LA is harder to fall in love with because it is not an easy city to visit and get. Yes, that's because right. it's like New York. Everything is cool. You step outside your door, you walk a block in any direction. There right. is something to do, something cool, some interesting place to eat or drink, right. get coffee, whatever. In LA, you really have to know your spots because otherwise you're ending up at a Chipotle. You right. know, like right. every day. Yeah, it's there's like nowhere that you can just walk like, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And so it really does take time to develop like, oh, these are my spots. These are the cool places to go to. And so um, I'm very happy. It's a much easier place to live than New York. Um mm. And yeah. New York is a, such an amazing place to go and visit every mm-hmm. couple of months. So yeah. I like. So you found right. the perfect. Well, and that's the, th- the crazy thing about living in New York for almost six years is like by the end of it, I was only going to the same five places anyways outside right. of comedy, you know, and I wasn't even right. taking advantage of living in New York in the right. way that I am. So now every time I go back, it's like it's great because I'm like, oh, I'm back for a week. I do want to do like all right. the tour, yeah, not yeah, yeah. necessarily touristy shit, but like I'm much more apt to like. Try this restaurant. Try that restaurant and all that stuff. Like I, like I'm a big theater guy. I barely saw any shows, any like Broadway shows when I lived in New York. But now every time I'm back, I'm like, I got to do this because it's like I'm only here for a week. Right, right. So fantastic! I'm going up to see Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Oh really? Like a month. Oh, that'll be so cool. That'll be so great. I've been to a Broadway thing in a long time. We're gonna go to the night one too because that's where they give it their fucking all. I yeah. Heard the day matinees, people just slack and they're like, ah, this is like the. Yeah, I haven't seen a show seats, on Broadway you know? for a really long time. I saw Dear Evan Hansen like right when it came out, and it was so good. But yeah. I haven't seen anything since then. Uh, yeah. Well, Joel, you got a show to yeah. do very soon. So yes, you do. Shout out a couple things really quickly. Um, next week here at the DC Draft House, Friday and Saturday night, we have Mark Norman from Conan Comedy Central, HBO, seven and nine o'clock, both Friday and Saturday night. Hit us up at the Counter Current site 
on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for a chance to win free tickets. If to you that comment, show. you get an even bigger chance. All that shit. Especially if it's a nice comment. <laughs> uh, follow <laughs> Only if it's nice. Frankie French on Twitter, Instagram, and all of that. That's F R A N Q I. F-R-E-N-C-H. And Joel, where can they get at you? Uh, everything is I hate Joel Kim on uh, all of the... All of <laughs> it's the easy places. to remember. Yeah. Yep, yep. I got it, I got there before anybody else could. You Perfect. Know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Beat him. Spelled his yeah. sounds. Yeah, exactly. All right, we want to thank you very much for doing this. Yeah, this thanks for great. having me, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. You take care. Bye.